Hello, it's Tax Credit Tuesday, and I'm Michael Novogratik. The Tax Credit Tuesday podcast is presented each week by Novogratik & Company, a national accounting and consulting firm. Previous Tax Credit Tuesday podcasts are available for download online at www.novaco.com. To receive each week's podcast automatically, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Instructions for subscribing through iTunes can be found at www.novaco.com slash podcast. Today is Tuesday, March 24th, 2009. Last week, I was in Chicago and I spoke at the Affordable Housing Investors Council, an organization of investors in low-income housing tax credits. The talk among many investors was the need to enhance investor demand for tax credits and the ability to carry back tax credits five years was high on the list of many investors. In a few weeks, April 22nd, 23rd, I will be in Portland at our Tax Credit Immersion Conference. I hope you can join us. You can learn more about the conference at our website at www.novacode.com. This week, we have several exciting developments to discuss. First, we will share the Treasury Department's plans to allocate the $3 billion in additional new market tax credit authority provided by the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009, or the Recovery Act. We will also outline the changes in the 2009 income limit data released by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. And finally, we will update listeners on the California Housing Tax Credit Allocating Agency's plans for the LHTC provisions of the Recovery Act. Now, for a discussion on some of the details of implementing the additional allocation of new market tax credit authority. On March 18th, the Community Development Financial Institutions Fund, or CDFI Fund, released its implementation plan to award nearly $100 million in grants and $3 billion in additional tax credit authority made available through the Recovery Act. The CDFI Fund's Recovery Act implementation plan provides details with respect to how it will allocate $3 billion of tax credit authority to qualified community development entities, or CDEs, under the NMTC program. The law authorized an additional $1.5 billion to CDEs that applied for allocation authority under the 2008 NMTC allocation round, and $1.5 billion to CDEs that apply for allocation authority under the 2009 NMTC allocation round. This $3 billion in allocation authority is added to the $3.5 billion that was already allocated for the NMTC in 2009. The CDFI fund said in its announcement last week that it estimates that the $6.5 billion in total NMTC allocation authority that will be awarded this year will help to develop or rehabilitate more than 33 million square feet of real estate in low-income communities and support thousands of construction jobs in those communities. In the implementation document, the CDFI Fund describes its plan for the extra authority provided for the 2008 NMTC application round. This round closed in March of 2008, and awards totaling $3.5 billion were made to organizations in October of 2008. The CDFI Fund says it intends to immediately begin processing the applications that were previously ranked so that additional awards can be made. The CDFI Fund is not soliciting new applications, nor will it be increasing the size of the awards that have already been made to CDEs in October of 2008. Rather, it will provide awards to additional, highly rated organizations that applied under the 2008 round, but did not receive awards due to the limited availability of allocations. With the additional $1.5 billion in allocation authority, the CDFI Fund anticipates it will be able to make awards to approximately 30 of these applications and that the new awards will be announced in May of 2009. 
The CDFI fund will not solicit nor accept any additional application materials from these applicants, but it will contact them to determine whether any material events have occurred since the original application submission that may have an adverse impact on the organization's ability to administer an NMTC allocation. Only those calendar year 2008 round applications that are both eligible for and likely to receive an award will be contacted. CDEs are asked to be sure that the contact information for the authorized representative and contact person is correct in their MyCDFI fund account. Many 2008 applicants who did not receive an award but had high scores have already been contacted. So the CDFI fund is well on their way to identifying the roughly 30 new awardees. The CDFI fund has also shared their plans regarding the, the additional $1.5 billion in NMTC allocation authority available for the 2009 application round. The implementation plan notes that the 2009 round is currently open and applications are due to the CDFI fund on April 8th. With the additional $1.5 billion in allocation authority, the CDFI fund says it anticipates making approximately 100 awards to CDEs totaling $5 billion and intends to announce those awards in October of 2009. Due to the nature of the Recovery Act, it is expected that award recipients will, at a minimum, do three things. First, recipients will be expected to invest award dollars into low-income communities in an expedited manner. Second, they will be expected to track the use of these dollars on all investments. And finally, award recipients will be expected to provide data to the federal government on a quarterly basis. This data will indicate how award dollars were spent and the impacts that were realized in the communities. The CDFI Fund says that specific reporting requirements are still under development and will be outlined in each awardee's assistance agreement or allocation agreement. In the meantime, the CDFI Fund encourages all awardees to review the Office of Management and Budget's memorandum regarding potential reporting requirements for organizations that receive award dollars under the Recovery Act, as well as any subsequent guidance posted on OMB's or the CDFI Fund's website. A dedicated web page has been created on the CDFI Fund's site for implementing the Recovery Act. That page can be found at www.cdfifund.gov slash recovery. And in other NMTC news, yesterday, March 23rd, the CDFI Fund released an amended Notice of Allocation Availability, or NOAA, for the 2009 application allocation round. The amended NOAA updates the original notice by announcing that due to this additional $1.5 billion in NMTC allocation authority, the CDFI Fund will have the authority to allocate up to $5 billion in the upcoming NMTC allocation round. The revised NOAA also announces that the CDFI Fund will waive, that's right, they will waive Qualified Equity Investment or QEI issuance requirements with respect to awards made in 2008 for CDEs applying under the 2009 NOAA. The revised NOAA also says that the CDFI Fund will increase the anticipated maximum award amount from $100 million to $125 million, and notes that allocatees that receive allocation authority under the Recovery Act will have additional reporting requirements. To make these important changes available to the public as soon as possible, the CDFI Fund posted the amended NOAA on its website in advance of the Federal Register publication on Thursday, March 26th. Potential applicants are strongly encouraged to read this notice thoroughly. The application deadline for the 2000 round remains April 8, 2009. Now, let's turn our attention to the world of low-income housing tax credits, 
where the biggest news from the past week is the release of the new 2009 income limit data. On March 19th, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD, released income limits for 2009. HUD releases income limit data annually, and those figures are used to determine qualification levels as well as set maximum rental rates for affordable housing properties. For the first time, HUD published a set of income limits for multifamily tax subsidy projects, or under the acronym MTSPs, and a separate set of income limits for HUD-assisted housing programs. HUD is publishing the MTSP data to incorporate changes to the way income is determined due to new guidance set forth in the Housing and Income Recovery Act of 2008, or HERA. Projects financed with tax and bonds, or tax credits, are required to base their rent and income calculations on the MTSP income charts starting in HUD fiscal year 2009. HUD has indicated that beginning with fiscal year 2010, it will no longer hold harmless its Section 8 income limits. However, HERA created a general hold harmless provision that does not allow the income limit for a project to be less than the project's income limit determined from the previous year. Further IRS guidance is required to ascertain what Congress intended by the word determined. It is unclear if a project's income is determined at the place and service date, the tax credit allocation date, tax and bond reservation date, or some other date. HERA also established a special income limit calculation for projects that had their incomes determined under the HUD Hold Harmless Policy in 2007 or 2008. MTSPs that will be affected by this are projects whose area median gross income was, quote, determined in calendar year 2007 or 2008, and such projects' incomes would have been less but for the HUD Hold Harmless Policy. For these affected projects, HUD is calculating the limits by taking the greater of the regular MTSP income limits or the fiscal year 2008 very low income limit times the growth in median incomes between the current year and fiscal year 2008. Again, further IRS guidance is required to ascertain what the IRS and, more importantly, Congress intended by the word, quote, determined in 2007 or 2008. Due to the HERA special income limits, for the first time in a long time, the majority of the counties had an increase in their income limits for the fiscal year 2009. And it was actually a vast majority had an increase. Ninety-eight percent of counties had an increase in their income for fiscal year 2009. Wakala County, Florida, had the largest percentage increase at 15.15 percent. Maui County, Hawaii, had the largest dollar increase at $4,350. The average increase across all counties in the United States was 4.4%, or $1,190. Even San Francisco County, which had not seen an income limit increase since fiscal year 2003, had a $1,500 increase, or 2.65%. The national median income level increased by $2,500 from $61,500 to $64,000 in 2009. That represents a 4% increase. Further, the national non-metro median income level, which is applicable to a lot of rural projects now because of HERA, increased $2,000 from $49,300 in 2008 to $51,300 in 2009. This represents also a 4% increase. Complete income limit information can be downloaded at www.taxcredithousing.com. 
Income limits and LIHTC rents can also be calculated online using Novogratz and Company LLP's LIHTC Rent and Income Limit Calculator. Novogratz and Company is currently updating the Rent and Income Limit Calculator to include the 2009 data. Subscribers to our free Industry Alert email service will receive an email announcement when the update has been completed. To sign up for this complimentary service, go to www.taxcredithousing.com and click on the News tab and then click on Industry Alerts. If you have additional questions, you can also feel free to call my partner, Jim Kroger, in our San Francisco office. Our general number there is 415-356-8000. Turning to our final topic for this week's podcast, we have an update for low-income housing tax credit stakeholders in California related to the Recovery Act. On March 17th, the California Tax Credit Allocation Committee, or TCAC, released a new proposed regulation section incorporating the Recovery Act. Specifically, the Tax Credit Assistance Program, or TCAP, funding, and the Credit Exchange Program. TCAC says it is providing the proposed regulations while still waiting for more detailed program guidance from HUD and the Secretary of the Treasury regarding these funding sources. HUD is expected to post the TCAC rule shortly, and it is likely that states will have short timelines for providing the plans they adopt to administer those funds. To prepare for the anticipated short federal timelines, TCAC says its staff is promulgating the proposed regulations for public review and comment. Comments on those regulations will be accepted in writing and at three public hearings. TCAC says the proposed regulations are likely to evolve as staff receives public comments and receives additional federal guidance. The TCAP program provides grant funding for capital investment in low-income housing tax credit projects via a formula-based allocation to state housing credit allocation agencies. TCAC's proposed regulation provides guidance on distributing TCAC funds and credit exchange grant funds to projects that are awarded tax credits in 2007, 2008, and 2009. Awardees of low-income housing tax credits in 2007 and 2008 are eligible for TCAC or exchange funds. TCAC says it may award TCAP rather than exchange funds to such projects at TCAC's sole discretion. To be eligible for the Recovery Act funds, a project must return its entire current tax credit reservation, including any state LIHTC reservation to TCAC. Projects can receive up to $0.85 cents for every currently reserved federal tax credit dollar and up to $0.60 cents for every California state credit. The proposed rules say that receipt of TCAC funds will trigger projects to pay prevailing wages. So, TCAC is giving preference for distribution of TCAP funds to those projects already paying prevailing wages. For purposes of setting guidelines, TCAC categorized projects awarded low-income housing tax credits in 2009 into one of the following three scenarios. One, projects that have an investor and are feasible without any assistance. Two, projects that have an investor but have a gap in their financing. And three, projects that have no investor. TCAC's proposed regulations suggest that projects under the first scenario that is, projects that have an investor and are feasible without any assistance, will not need TCAP and exchange funds. However, projects under Scenarios 2 and 3 can apply for assistance from the distribution of the TCAP and exchange funds. Projects that fall under Scenario 2, ones that have an investor but still have a gap in financing, would, under the proposed rules, be given 45 days to execute a letter of intent from an equity partner that states the credit price is less than the original application. Projects that have executed the letter of intent may apply to TCAC for gap financing. Under the proposal, projects may receive up to $0.15 for every currently reserved federal tax credit dollar and up to $0.10 for every currently reserved California state tax credit dollar. 
TCAC says that the amount the project is eligible for is the lesser of $0.85 cents for every currently reserved federal tax credit dollar or the amount of equity listed on the original application, less the amount of equity listed in the letter of intent. Projects that fall under Scenario 3, meaning projects that do not have an investor and that have not executed a letter of intent at the end of 45 days, will be allowed to apply for an exchange of credits for a cash award from TCAC. Exchange applicants will be placed in a competition. TCAC's proposed regulations require applicants to return their reservation before competing for a cash award. Project applicants must demonstrate that they have made good faith efforts to obtain investment commitments for such credits. TCAC's proposal suggests that projects may receive an award equal to the stated equity in the original application up to $0.85 for every tax credit reserved and $0.60 for every California state credit reserved. The proposed regulations say that projects that would like to be considered for TCAP or exchange funds will be scored and ranked competitively on the following criteria alone. 1. Project type. 2. Cash award requested. and 3. Average affordability. TCAC's proposed regulations also include provisions for tax and bonds projects. TCAC says that tax and bond projects funded in 2007 and 2008 that either have an investor but still have financing gaps or do not have an investor at all will compete with the 90% projects for the TCAP or exchange funds. TCAC also says that it may award cash for the shortfall caused by the drop in the credit percentage from the place and service date and the 3.42% floor established by TCAC. In addition, Eligible 2009 taxes and bond projects shall compete among themselves for cash in lieu of credits or gap financing under a separate competition. The proposed regulations indicate this competition may be held in two rounds during calendar year 2009. For more information, including a link to the California's proposed regulation changes, go online to Affordable Housing Resource Center at www.taxcredithousing.com. Click on the News tab, then click on Hot Topics. There you will find a list of Recovery Act matters, including a state agency response link. We want our listeners to know that we have completely retooled the agenda of our annual housing conference that we held every year in New Orleans. This conference has been retooled to focus on the Recovery Act and what lies ahead for the long housing tax credit industry. TCAC's regulations and other state responses to the Recovery Act will be the focus of Novigrad and Company's conference entitled A Look Ahead, the LHTC and the Recovery and Reinvestment Act. It will be held May 13th to the 14th, 2009, in New Orleans. For more information and to, to uh, register, please go to www.novaco.com events. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's report. Please join us again next week when we will review the submission requirements for CDEs that wish to apply for NMTC allocations in the 2009 allocation round. We will also bring listeners additional updates on state housing tax credit allocation agency plans for TCAP and credit exchange funds provided by the Recovery Act. This is Michael Novogratik. I'll be back next Tuesday. Thanks for listening.